Good morning. Good morning. We'd like to welcome each of you here this morning. It's been sort of a busy week for uh, for uh, all of us, I guess, and especially the ones that just got back in from the trip. We we were blessed with some beautiful weather, but it's good to see each of you here this morning. Good to have you, the one online with us. We're just glad to have y'all too, and. Uh, I want to let you know if you're here and visiting today, I want to let you know that uh, the restrooms are back through the back, down the hall on the left, and also the kids will be dismissing to go to their program uh, in a little while. If you'd like to go down there and check that out, if you have kids, you can do that. Good to have each of you here this morning. Uh, if you would, if you're visiting, if you would fill out the Connect cards, and uh, just turn those in or leave those on the seat and we'll pick that up and give us a little information and we'll send you a note. Also, uh, we've got some announcements Monday. Tomorrow we've got Grace Place be serving there and we need some extra volunteers. If you're able to go tomorrow, we sure do need you because of uh, North Crossings. They've got a funeral in the church and a good many of those will not be able to be there. So if you're able to go, just see, uh, check with me after the service and let me know that. And that will be, uh, probably we'll start cooking at nine and then we'll be out of there before one. So just let me know that if you could help. Uh, also, when Wednesday night, we've got, uh, service with uh, Brother Carvin Adams. He'll be with us on Wednesday night. Uh, Saturday, we've got a bonfire coming up and a hayride at Marlin and Charlotte's. And this will start at uh, five o'clock and be out by nine. And that's an annual thing for us. We always have a good time. So uh, everybody's welcome to that. And I guess, uh, you can let Charlotte know if you would like to know what items you need to bring as far as the food. And let's see, our giving, if you, uh, if you want to give, you can go to cypressstreet.church uh, or you can drop it back in the cash back box on the back or leave it in the, in the offering plates up here on the front. So I think that's, change. Time change next week. Time change. I think I've already been in a hot time change this week. <laughs> so anyway, we were really blessed on our trip. Uh, God, he gave us beautiful weather every day we were there. The ones that were here Wednesday night, we told about it a little bit, but we are going to have a service with the uh, with the film and be talking about that before too long. So, but time does change. Daylight saving time ends, so we're back one hour next Saturday night. So don't forget to set your clocks back. And I hadn't forgot about y'all. Nope. Come on up. The sisters are going to tell us about the uh, Operation Shoebox. Well, thank you to each of you who's already been bringing in boxes for several weeks. Um, 
you've been, some have been packing boxes and some have been giving for the processing and we appreciate all of it for the kingdom. Yes. Even your prayers. Yes. We do still need more donations for sending boxes. I know you can't see this, but I'm going to hold it up anyway. Uh, the, the processing of your donations go for collecting, for processing, for the greatest gift booklets that go in each box when it gets to the processing center. It also goes for training local churches and for shipping to over 100 countries. And a few weeks ago, you got one of these. You can't see this either, but maybe you can see the colors. You got one of these in your bulletin insert, and it tells the journey of a shoebox. So if you want another one, they're out there on the table. And if you've packed a box, you can get a sticker or two or however many for the number of boxes you packed. They're also out there on the table. So God bless you. And um, If you'd like to contribute for processing costs, if many of you already have, but if you would still like to contribute, you can make your, text, your checks payable to Samaritan's Purse. They're $10 for each box, or you can designate your cash for that. You can put it in the offering plate or give it to me or Carrie. And there have been more than 2 million children who have given their hearts to Jesus through this program. So thank you for being a part of sharing the love of Jesus around the world. You might think a sticker is a funny thing for an adult, but this morning Carolyn pointed out when we vote, we get a sticker. And that's coming up soon, too. So be sure and get your sticker. Thank you, ladies. I tell them they're an extension of their mother. Their mother worked hard on the shoebox program, and they put a lot of time and a lot of their money into this every year too. And thank you, each one of you, for the support of this because this is this uh, really helps a lot of people. Uh, we went to Guatemala on a mission trip, and we went to share love, but we got a lot of love there. It's just uh, the kids, the adults. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, hard to believe and uh, anyway I want to read a little thing we had after a devotion one of the nights we were there it's from First uh, Corinthians uh, 13 love is very patient and kind never jealous or envious never boastful or proud never haughty or selfish or rude love does not demand in our own way. It is not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. It is never glad it is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. If you love someone, you'll be loyal to him, no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. All the spiritual gifts and powers from God will someday come to an end, 
but love goes on forever. The greatest is love. And again, it's good to have each of you here this morning. We've got Brother Stacy going to be bringing the, the message to us this morning. But thanks for being here. And uh, I want to just pray and open the service this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for the love, Lord, that you give to us daily by the minute, Lord. We thank you for the blessings of life. Thank you for each one here this morning. And we just ask you that you be with, with each of us in the service this morning. And may each of us, Lord, move up closer to you, Lord. And we just ask all this in your name. Amen. I wanted to remind you also, if you would like to uh, receive credit for your income tax, there are IRS on your donations to the church, you can make your check out to Cypress Street Church and de uh, designate that it is for the Samaritan Purse. And we will, Patrice will write a check to the ladies. You've already done that for $245, so thank you for that. This morning I'd like to read the scripture from Psalms 100 verses 1 through 3. A psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Won't you stand with us as we begin singing this morning a beautiful old hymn. I will praise him, hallelujah. And if you want to clap, you just do so, okay? <laughs> oh, I praise the Lord who bought me, hallelujah. I'm a happy pilgrim bound for glory land. I am singing and I hope to sing forever. When before this throne eternal I shall stand, I will pray. and fully cleanse me and I find my service sweeter all the way I will praise Him Hallelujah I will praise Him more and more if I had ten thousand lives and wished to praise Him I could not enough my blessed Lord adore I will praise Him for Joy, I'll reach the goal of life immortal. 
sweeping through the gates of paradise. I will praise Him, hallelujah. I will praise Him more and more. If I had 10,000 lives in which to praise Him, I could not enough, my blessed Lord sung this song in quite a while. It's a beautiful one. Ten thousand reasons. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His home. It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me singing when the evening comes Bless the Oh, my 
soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. I worship Your Go to your glasses, you may be seated. Thank you so much. prayer request and before I do that we had uh, one of the uh, younger kids the three year old his name is uh, Angel Jose and he was in Mimi's number one with the uh, the younger kids and he's in the hospital after we left he went in the hospital he had some uh, problems he's having uh, seizures and so they put him in trying to to fill out what's really his problem. And anyway, we're going to be taking a love offering for him at the end of the service today. So if you would, uh, Charlotte and uh, Carl, Carly, how could I forget that? She... Me and her hung together last week. Anyway, they're going to be uh, at the back after the service is over to take up a love offering for for uh, Angel, and we'll be sending that to help with the uh, their expenses of him being in the hospital. And he's currently in the hospital, so just keep him in your prayer. And he's uh, he's three years old. And Angel Jose, also. Uh, Shirley Weems, remember to uh, continue praying for her. Carol Bradford, uh, Brother Jerry Crane, Larry Worsham, and I haven't really heard from anything from Larry this morning. Does anybody know update on Larry? He did get to come home from the hospital, so just uh, continue to pray for Larry. Uh, Larry Lawson. Our missionaries here and abroad, uh, remember to be praying for 
our churches and the pastors and uh, our shut-ins. And remember, pray for Grace Place. Also, remember this week, uh, remember about the elections coming up. And we just ask that you pray for them and pray for, pray for our United States of America. So, anyway, it's good to have each of you here this morning. And Brother Stacy Leonard, it's good to have you with us. And thank you for coming, being with us, bringing a message today. So, come on up. Well, thank you for having me this morning. I want to uh, start off with an apology and a testimony at the same time. I've had the uh, pleasure of preaching at several churches around the state, Church of God churches that are looking for a pastor. And um, so there's different start times. And I'm sure that Brother Ray told me that you guys started at 10, but in my mind, I thought I was really early this morning. So I apologize for coming in at four, uh, four minutes till today. <laughs> Um, I'm usually a lot more prompt than that. Um, but the testimony is, thank God he had me here at 10 today. Because if not, I'd been here at 10.30. So I thought you guys were having Sunday school. So I apologize for that. I'll make note of that. And I uh, won't do that in the future. So I'm also going to apologize to the live stream. For me to stand right here the whole time is going to be really, really hard. I'm a walking and talking person. So uh, y'all forgive me for that. Forgive me at home, whoever's listening today. So... Thank you again for having me. My name is Stacy Leonard. Um, I currently attend Liberty Grove Church of God in West Monroe. And a lot of good things are going on there. God's moving in a mighty way. And I'm happy to see some familiar faces here this morning. It's always good to look out and preach the word and see people that you're familiar with. So uh, glad to see that. And glad to see everybody here this morning. You're a great looking crowd. And thank you for coming this morning. You probably heard that I was coming. So I'm really thankful that you come this morning. I felt that... Uh, you never know. Oh, you're going to set me up this morning, huh? So I can walk and talk. Yes. All right. Thank you, thank you very much. Can you hear me? I'm pretty loud without it. All right. Let's get going here. All right. Well, thank you again for letting me be here. Today I want to talk to you about commitment. Sometimes when you hear the word commitment, immediately you start perking up, like, oh Lord, who's going to ask me to do something, right? But I want to talk to you about commitment this morning because that is a very important fact as a Christian about our level of commitment. But before I get into that piece of it, let's talk about commitment just in general terms. What are you 100% totally committed to today? I want to give you a minute to think about that. What are you 100% totally committed to today? Because that matters. Because you're going to spend your time and your effort, your love, your patience, everything on what you're totally committed to. So let me ask you a few questions about some things that we probably should be committed to. What if I told you, church, I'm going to totally commit to playing golf. I don't know if any of you ever seen me play golf, but I'm not any good. But I'm going to totally commit to playing golf, and I'm going to commit one time a year to playing golf. <laughs> How good at golf do you think I'm going to be if I commit one time a year? That's about what I play now, and I can tell you it's not pretty. I'm not good. Probably never will be, but that's not where my commitment's at. 
Let me ask another question. What if I tell you, church, I'm going to commit, totally commit to my marriage. I'm going to spend one day a month telling my wife how much I love her, how awesome she is, one day a month. What's that? She may say that's what you do now. I feel like I do more. But how successful do you think my marriage would be if I only committed to one time a month letting my wife know how much I love her and how thankful I am for her? Does any of those things, the golf playing, speaking to my wife, does any of that sound like total commitment to you? It's not. It's not. It sounds like I got a lot of other things I'd rather do than to do those things. And I'm only going to commit the very least amount of time I can to those things. And the results from that level of commitment are going to be disastrous, right? When I get out there and get over that tee and get ready to hit that ball, just like I did last week, I missed the whole ball. Now, I said it was a practice swing. They didn't believe me. But if I only committed one day a month to let my wife know how much I love her and how much I appreciate her, that's disastrous for our marriage as well. We need to do that on a consistent basis. Can you agree with that? If you're going to be good at golf, you've got to do it more. You've got to play a lot. If you're going to have a really good, successful marriage, you've got to put in the time, right? People always say marriage 50-50. That's not true. It's got to be 100-100. Both of you need to put in 100%, right? So when we talk about commitments at Christians, commitment for Christians, we automatically assume we're talking about commitment of those committing to the Lord. And that is true. We want the unsaved people to know about Jesus Christ. We want them to commit their heart. That is a very big factor in spreading the gospel, right? The end goal is that they get to know Jesus. But today I want to talk about something a little bit different. I want to talk to God's people this morning, me included. The commitment level that I'm talking about today is as Christians, our commitment level. Are we totally committed to serving Jesus Christ? Now I'm going to do an awkward pause here and let you think about that for a second. Are we totally committed to Jesus Christ? Or do we do church and Jesus kind of like I was talking about golf and marriage? When we feel like we need to give it a little bit of time, when everything else is not happening, when my life is not so confusing and, and fast-paced and everything else, then I'll give it to the Lord. And if you're thinking, Stacey, we don't really have a committed problem in our churches. Do you realize by proof of our attendance at churches, we have people that can't commit to one hour, one Sunday a month or one hour, one Sunday a week? That's the reason our churches are not full today. Because the Holy Spirit and Jesus still works the same today as he did when he was walking the earth. Nothing's changed about that piece. The only thing that has changed is our commitment level to Jesus Christ and building his kingdom. And the church said, Amen. Folks, that is a big problem in our society today. Because I can tell you from my own experience, I don't know if you ever gotten... Facebook lock, 
You start looking through Facebook and you realize you've been there for 35 or 40 minutes looking at that stuff. People will spend more time on Facebook and other things than they ever will at church. And if you don't believe me, has anybody in here ever been on a nominating committee for a church? Go ask somebody if they're willing to teach a Sunday school class. Go ask them will they serve on a committee or just ask them will they be an usher. You would be surprised at the no answers you get in your own church. What's changed? What's different than what it used to be? This morning I want to take a few minutes and I want to talk about six things that I think could be the reason why we're not committed at the level that we used to be. And folks, I want you to know I'm not preaching to you. I want God to speak to me through this message as much as I want him to speak to anybody else. Because the truth is, there are times in my life that I feel totally committed. I'm at church every Sunday. I work at the church. I do things. But folks, I've got more time to serve and more time to give than I'm giving. If we really want to see a difference in our society, if we want to see a difference in people coming to know Jesus Christ, and I want to say this loud and clear, the gospel of Jesus Christ has not changed. We have. And if we really strive to see revival, if we want our churches to grow and people to know the Lord, it may start with us. Because just like I was talking about with our marriage, if I'm only going to tell my wife one time a month that I love her, or one time a month how much she means to me, I'm going to get out of it what I put into it. Well, folks, it's no different in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And from my own experience, I can tell you, the more you put into it, the better he is. The more he wants to bless you. And if you don't believe in the blessings of Jesus Christ, see me after church. I'll tell you about the blessings of Jesus Christ. He is so good to me, even when I'm not doing the things I should be doing. So if you've got some pen and paper, you might want to take a note of these. But before I get into the six things that are holding me back from a deeper relationship with God... I want to read some scripture this morning out of Mark 10, 17 through 30. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. This is a very popular scripture. You've heard it before. So it's going to tie in real nicely to what I'm talking about today. Listen to the words as I read the scripture. Mark 10, 17 through 30. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. He said, you know your commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father. This guy with a big smile on his face, his teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Pay close attention here. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. I'll stop there just for a second. This was probably a pretty outstanding young man. It says here that he kept all the commandments. 
did all those things that was asked of him. And I don't know if he was asking Jesus that because he thought he was doing really, really good. He wanted Jesus to say, hey, you're going to spend eternity with me in heaven. I don't know his motive. Maybe he was truly fine, trying to find out what else do I need to do. But when Jesus pointed to him and raised another level of commitment, the young man folded. Because he was not willing to give up his riches for eternal life. Now folks, Jesus has never asked me to give up everything I own. He has asked me to follow him. He has asked me to do things that I was uncomfortable with. Believe it or not, 10 years ago, I would have never got up and spoke to anybody about Jesus. It's not that I didn't believe in him. I just wasn't comfortable speaking. Now, I'm able to do what I thought I couldn't do. Let me tell you, it's not on my power. It's not because I spent hours practicing. It's because God works through me. And he can work through you. If I'm obedient. If I'm obedient. Everybody in this room has a purpose. God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. Are we willing to let him take over? So let's get into it this morning. I got six things I want to talk to you about this morning. I won't keep you long. If I hear a stomach growl, I'll go ahead and speed it up a little bit. Okay? Was it 10 and 31? All right. I got about 45 minutes. Just picking. Just picking. Just picking. So we have a clock in the back of our sanctuary too. It's right there. And uh, sometimes when you're preaching, you look up at it and say, I almost said everything I need to say and it's, I've only been here for 15 minutes. And other times you're up there and like, hey, I need to shut it down. It's been like 45. I won't be that long today, I promise. So let's talk about some things or the reasons why we might not be totally committed. Could it be the first thing? Could it be we like to be in control? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did I hit a nerve? We like to be in control with things in our life. We like to have things a certain way in our life. If we're going to add something to our daily routine, it's got to fit. It's got to fit right in there, right? Because if we don't do it the right way, if we don't try to control the way that things happen in our day, we may go crazy. Anybody in here OCD? My wife's OCD, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> she has a routine that is unblemished. She gets up at the same time every day. She goes outside and reads some of her book every day. She lets the dogs out. And believe it or not, I got two puppies and they are ferocious. I got a toy poodle and I got a Yorkie poodle. <laughs> and as long as you're only outside of that door, you're in trouble. You come in, they'll lick you to death. But what's so weird about it? She is so routine that the dogs are in a routine. If she's not up at 5.05 where she's supposed to be, they know it. I don't know how they know. They know it. They start barking. So that's what happens in my house. So if you try to insert in something into Angie's life that she's not ready for, it screws everything up. But it could be that we can't commit totally to Jesus Christ because it may interfere with what we got going on. We're afraid to let God control our lives because it may mess up what we got going on now. Could that be a possibility? Maybe we're scared of the word faith 
You know, in Christianity, we talk about faith a lot, right? We talk about being faithful. Let faith guide you. But the truth is, sometimes we're really scared of the word faith. Because faith is releasing ourselves to surrender to Jesus' plan for our lives, right? That's letting God take control of our lives, yet the faith that we need to do that, we're scared to let go of that or relinquish that faith because of what may happen because of that. Folks, I spent most of my life, adult life, trying to control things. And thought I was doing a really good job of it until everything fell apart and I realized very quickly, I don't control anything. God has blessed me to get me to the places that I'm at to do the things that I do even when I wasn't following him. But the truth is, we're not in control of anything. The human body is a very miraculous thing. I work in an industry and we sell a lot of power transmission products. Hydraulics, pneumatics, bearings, gearboxes, all this kind of stuff. It is some of the best technology you ever have ever seen. The gears, the bearings are machined to within ten thousandths of an inch. Yet, after so many hours of operating, they fail. I'm 52 years old. The blood has been flowing through my body. My muscles have been growing. Everything since I was born and I'm still operating. You don't think God created us? Man can he create a bearing that lasts more than 10,000 hours. With the best equipment, the smartest people on earth cannot make one last longer than that. Yet here we are today breathing. But we're not in control of our breathing. Life and death is in the control of Jesus Christ. So when I thought I was controlling everything, the truth is God was just blessing me through my ignorance. He knew he had something in store for me. The weight of the world was falling down on me. I remember being in church and we were doing that one time a month church Sunday morning service. Have you been there before? We go to church one time a Sunday. My mom said, we ought to come more. And I was like, Mom, I ain't that bad off. I don't even one Sunday a month. I ain't that bad. But my life was falling apart, and I'll save that for another day. But I was sitting in church, and we were just singing hymns, just like we were this morning. And tears started rolling down my face. And a gentleman that I knew that was a friend of the family, Brother Truck, was sitting in front of me, and I just tapped him on the shoulder and went out in the hall. And at that point and in that time, I gave everything I had to Jesus Christ. I said, God, I don't want to be in control anymore. All I'm going to do is mess it up. I want to give my life to you today. And I did. It's been about 12 years ago. November 20th will be 12 years. And folks, let me tell you, from that point to now has been quite a ride. I started teaching Sunday school. I started doing Sunday nights. I started preaching on occasion and stuff like that. But guess what? I would have never done any of it. Didn't want to do any of it until Jesus entered my life. And I still fail him daily. And he still blesses me. Folks, God is good. You don't control everything. Relinquish that. Have the faith to know that Jesus is in it for your good. He's going to take care of you. It's not going to be what you want to do all the time. It is a little bit concerning of what he may ask you to do. 
But I promise you this. If we are obedient to what God asks us to do, you will be blessed. It happens that way over and over and over again. So relinquish the control. Know that God's got your interest, your best interest to heart. Number two. Maybe we don't commit because of the fear of the unknown. When I was living in sin and doing the things that Stacy wanted to do, there's a certain comfort level that comes along with that, right? I feel like I knew what I was doing, knew what was going on, knew how to control certain situations. But when you give your heart to the Lord and you truly commit, there is a fear of the unknown. What does that mean? Let me tell you something. I'd felt the Holy Spirit dealing with my life times leading up to that time 12 years ago. You know the biggest thing that was a concern for me as a sinner? And I'm in my 40s at that time. I was worried about what two guys were going to think of me if I gave my heart to the Lord. Because those are the two guys that I spent a lot of time with doing the things I shouldn't be doing, right? I was worried about what they were going to say about me giving my heart to the Lord. And I remember the conversation when I did. They said, hey, we're going to South Carolina. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And I said, I'm not doing that. Wow, what's up? So guys, I've given my heart to Jesus. And I'm not doing those things anymore. The thing I was most afraid of was telling them that. And then both of them told me, Stacy, I'm proud for you. I'm proud of you for making that decision. Didn't change what they did, but it changed me. And I am still working on one of those individuals now. He was going to go on a mission trip with me to Nicaragua in 2020. That was a big deal for me. Big deal for me. He wanted to go. I didn't talk him into it. He wanted to go. Unfortunately, COVID hit. We couldn't go. But I'm going to get him back over there. And I think God's got big plans for him too. But the fear of the unknown is a problem for us. We feel like we can't commit because I don't know what's around the corner. What if around the corner was something really cool? What if what you didn't know was really good and it affected other people? What if what we didn't know was better for you? Created a peace and a joy in your heart that you're missing out on because you're afraid of the unknown. Folks, we're living our life for Jesus Christ. There is a lot of unknown. Our ways are not his ways. We don't understand what his plan is for us. But I promise you this. It's got a good ending, whatever it is. And I would encourage you to morning, this morning, if you feel that, and you feel like, I don't know what, the, what tomorrow holds, I'm a little scared of the unknown, just take my advice. Just do it. I don't want to give Nike any credit up here, but like it says, just do it. And then come back and tell us how good it is. Folks, I am determined in the next few years, we're going to have a great testimony service somewhere. Brother Do uh, Sister Dorothy, Patricia, y'all know I always ask for testimonies, right? You ever try to get testimonies out of a church? It's like pulling teeth. So one Sunday I got them. Were y'all there that Sunday when I had everybody do a testimony? I said, all right, guys. I'm not asking for individual testimonies this morning. Everybody in here is going to give a testimony. Woo 
Man, they really froze up on me. That's all I'm asking for is a one-word testimony. I'm going to come to each one of you. I just want one word. And guess what? Praise the Lord. Everybody gave a testimony that day. It's great. Try it. It's good. So don't fear the unknown. Number three, our love of material things can get in our way of commitment. Money, cars, boats, phone, friends. Folks, there's a lot of things that can get in our way from being totally committed. And I would tell you this is probably one of the biggest things because people are afraid to commit because it's going to interfere with what they already got going on. We talked about that a little bit earlier. But if I was to come up to somebody and say, listen, for the next three months, I want you to commit to coming to church and doing singing practice three days a week. I want you on Saturday and Sundays to come up here. We're going to have a revival on every Saturday and Sunday for three months. And we're going to have a good time doing it. Would anybody commit here? I'm going to step on some toes with this one. My family's part of it, and I've talked to them. That's what happens with ball. They're going to commit to three practices a week. They're going to play on Saturday and Sunday. And guess how many people volunteer and commit? A bunch of them. My family included. And guess where they're not on Sundays? Where they're not? They're, church. they're not church. They can't be there on Wednesday night because they got practice, right? Can't be there on Sunday. You see what I'm talking about? What's changed? Has the word of Jesus changed? Or has our commitment level changed? Our commitment's there. It just changed where the commitment is. We're committed to things. We're committed to our phones. We're committed to our friends. We're committed to all the things we consider fun. But when it comes to actually being committed to the things of the Lord, somehow we find other things to do. At the end of time, whether Jesus comes back before I pass away or I pass away before that, all of those things are not going to matter. No matter how many four-wheelers or boats or ball I play or whatever, none of that's going to matter. What's going to matter is spending eternal life with Jesus. Side by side with him, singing his praises, seeing you and seeing your smiling faces and no worries and no tears, no hurt, no pain. Nothing on this earth can compare. The Bible tells us that heaven is so magnificent that we can't even imagine. We cannot even imagine what it's going to be like. And yet we put every material thing in this earth in front of that. Our God deserves better than that. He does not deserve from me to give him the time I got left over. He should get my first. Number four, our focus, our focus on the impermanent. The impermanent. I'd slow down when I say that. Sometimes I mess it up. There's nothing in this life that's permanent. Nothing that we're going to see is permanent. I can tell you that by iPhones. Y'all remember the iPhone come out? Anybody young enough to remember that? I was young enough to remember the Wadima phone. 
I tell these kids that we work with nowadays, they're like, you know, they're so computer literate and everything else, and I'm getting better at it. But I have to go back and tell them sometimes, I said, there was no cell phones when I was a kid. When I told my mom I was going somewhere, she just have to believe I was there. She had no idea. Now we got Life 360. We know where Anna Grace is all the time. I don't know how she, I don't know if she likes it or not. But they know where each other's at all the time. They have to be really, really sly to get by with that. But you remember the iPhone, it was iPhone, then it's iPhone 2, iPhone 3. What are we on now? 16? I don't know. Who's got the latest one? Is it 14? That's not permanent, is it? Man, I thought the bad phone was it. Man, I thought if somebody seen me talking on a bad phone, they're like, that dude's got going on. He's got it figured out. And when they finally showed the phone number that was calling on there, I was like, oh, yeah, it don't get any better than this. Well, guess what it does? We all got computers in our pocket. Nothing in this life is permanent. But we focus so much on it, right? You know that a lot of us allow relationships to take us out of church. The people that we keep company with, even though we may go to church with them, will slowly start to do things on Sundays and Wednesdays and stuff like that. So, I really like those. I really like that couple. I really like that family. Folks, we cannot allow anything to come between us and Jesus Christ. It's not super easy. You've got to know that Satan's out there every day trying to throw every curveball he can to you. You've got to know that. I know that. But if we truly love God, and we see heaven as our end goal, then we have to fight to make sure nothing slides in between us and Jesus Christ. We've got to fight. Paul said, I fought the good fight. What is he fighting against? He's fighting against the evils of this world. Folks, nothing's changed there either. Evil is still prevalent in our society. Look at the things that we're accepting today in this country that we never would have accepted 20 years ago. And what's really funny about it, when we do say something about it, then we're weird. Something's wrong with us. Folks, let me tell you now. We as Christians know the Bible and believe what the Bible says. We don't give in. We always stand for truth. If we give an inch, they'll take a mile. The things that are teaching our kids today is perverted. We got to fight. We got to support school members and elections that we talked about a little bit earlier. We got to put people in place that are God minded, that are committed to Jesus Christ. I'm scared for my grandkids. I've got three right now. What are they going to face? When I was in fourth and fifth grade, I didn't even know a cuss word really good. Man, they know more in fourth and fifth grade than I even knew now. We can't focus on the impermanent things. We have to focus on what we know to be permanent. It's heaven. That's a promise made by Jesus Christ to those who believe. And we better believe that promise. And let me say this. If we truly believe that heaven is the end game, then they ought to not be able to wipe a smile off our face. 
If we really believe that heaven is the end game, we should be smiling all the time. When we leave out of here and we go to Cracker Barrel, wherever we go, people are like, what is up with that dude? He is a smiling rascal. <laughs> because our end goal is heaven. And we know we belong. And we ought to act like we know it. You know why people don't believe us about Jesus sometimes? Because maybe we don't act like we believe in Jesus. Maybe we don't act like we're going to heaven. Maybe if we did, we'd influence a few people. Number five. I'm almost through, guys. I've got about ten minutes. Number five. Sometimes in our Christian life, no longer how long we've been serving, sometimes we're too busy looking backwards rather than looking forward. Sometimes in our Christian life, the things that we did in our past, I suffer from this. I'm always thinking that maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't deserve the blessings that I have in my life. Maybe, maybe I'm reading to this wrong. Maybe I never was really saved. Maybe I just don't have that relationship with God that I thought I had. Folks, let me tell you something. Today, 12 years ago, November 20th, 12 years ago, it's coming up on the 12th year. The day that I gave my heart to the Lord, it's not about the past anymore. The Bible tells us that Jesus removes my sin as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered more. The only person that's bringing that back up to me is who? That's right. God is not hurling my past in my face all the time. It is Satan. He's the one that gets in our mind and tells you, Stacy, you're not good enough. You don't need to be preaching. You don't do enough good things. Remember last week when you said this? Remember last week when you talked about so-and-so? You don't deserve to be up there. You've got to be perfect to preach. Well, folks, if that's the key, I've got to be out. Because I'm not perfect. Don't claim to be. I am forgiven. And I'm on a journey every single day to be better and more Christ-like as much as I can be. But I fail, folks. Sometimes I fail miserably. But let me encourage you to do this. As a Christian, you're going to fail sometimes. And you're going to do things that are not Christ-like. But folks, here's what I would tell you. Get up. Dust your knees off and keep moving forward. The Bible is full of examples of people that failed that Jesus used greatly. Think about Peter. Peter denied Christ three times even after Christ told him you were going to deny me three times. No, Father, I will not. He denied him three times. That would have been the end for a lot of people, right? Peter knew what he did. He begged for forgiveness. He knew he was convicted of that sin. And went on to build the early church. God used him in a great way. But we can't look back. Everything about Jesus Christ in our future is ahead of us. No need to look back. Look forward. Look forward to what Jesus has in store for you. Look forward for what Jesus has in store for your church. Look forward to what he has for his people. Not just Cypress Street, not just Liberty Grove, but his people as a whole. We already know how this ends. We know that Jesus is going to win. You're on the winning team. Don't be scared to wear the jersey. Be proud of who you are. 
Be proud that you're a Christian. Be proud of your family that's coming to church. Be proud. We're not supposed to hide it under a bushel. Y'all remember that song? Don't hide it under a bushel. Doesn't it feel like we're hiding under a bushel? And here we can love each other and talk about Christ and everything else. But when we get outside, we're like, ooh, hey, come here, I'm talking about church real quick. We ain't selling church. Man, we ought to be excited to talk about church. What God's doing. What he's done in your life. The thing that I'll tell you, your testimony is the most precious thing to you. Because no matter if they believe in the word of God or not, they can't take that away from you. What Jesus has done in your own life, they cannot take away. The last thing I want to talk about this morning, number six. Sometimes we can't totally commit because we're constantly have a negative self-image of ourselves. You ever taken the opportunity to look yourself in the mirror? Sometimes when I'm combing my hair. <laughs> you know kids are mean. Y'all know that? We got a church full of them. So there's one there. She comes up to me every sudden and she goes, hey, Mr. Ball-headed. <laughs> then I have another one. She's a teenager now. And she'll come up behind me in church and she'll go, ha, ha, <laughs> Kids are mean. But I enjoy them. I give them as much as they give me. But you know, sometimes it's really hard to look in the mirror and love yourself. Sometimes it's hard to think of yourself as doing the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to understand that you're going to fail sometimes. Sometimes it's hard not to beat yourself up. We've all been there. Folks, the thing that I'm reminded of is that Jesus created us all specifically the way he wanted you created. You're exactly what he wants you to be. You're good enough. He loves you as you are. He cares for you as you are. He wants to bless you as you are. Again, Satan is the one putting those thoughts in your head. And I want to ask you today, and I know that a lot of people here have had this, this thing happen in their lives. Let yourself love yourself like Jesus loves you. Allow that to happen. Think about that for a second. Allow that to happen. You're in control of that. Allow yourself to be seen like Jesus sees you. I promise you, he loves you. He'd love to talk to you. He'd love to have a relationship. You don't always have to have a huge formal prayer. You can talk to Jesus anytime, anywhere. Amen. As you would a friend. As you would a friend. I've said it several times in church. He knows all the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. But Jesus knows you better than anybody else knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he loves you. So folks, those are some things I was thinking about, about why we might not be totally committed to Jesus Christ. So I want to urge you before close, 
that I've faced every single one of these in my life. Still face some of them today. Could you imagine what would happen in your life and those around you if we truly, totally committed to the purpose and the fulfillment of God's kingdom? If you're there this morning and any of these things struck true with you, Something about your life is not totally committed. You feel that you have other things that are clouding your days and your weeks and your months. You haven't been able to get over that hurdle of really totally committing to Jesus Christ. Today, I want you to think that through just for a minute. Why am I not? What is that one thing that's holding me back from totally committing to Jesus Christ? And I want you to think about what that one thing is and why that's holding you back. And I want you to think about it like you would writing with a magic marker on a, on a whiteboard. Whatever it is, we need to erase that. You need to identify it. We need to identify it. We need to erase that from our life. Because folks, God's plan deserves total commitment. Our churches would not be big enough to hold what God has in store if we're totally committed. My feel is, the truth that I feel deep inside my heart, the reason that we don't see the growth in our churches or people coming to Christ is because we're halfway doing it. A lot of times we give the appearance that we're totally committed, but we're really not. Folks, you see it just like I do. At the end of the service, when we sing the songs and ask people to come down forward and pray or whatever, no different than your church than probably mine, very seldom does anybody ever come down. So that tells me, I guess all the Christians have got it figured out, right? We ain't got nothing to pray about. Man, if I go down there, number one, somebody's going to say, what is going on with him? What did he do? Number two, if there's new people in church and they don't understand it completely what's going on, They'll never come down because they don't know what the policy is. What's supposed to happen here? I think when we totally commit and we realize what that is in our life that's holding us back, we need to be down here praying. There's nothing shameful about praying to the Lord, especially in church. When I come back one Sunday night, we're going to have a testimony service about all the good that God's had. And I'll provide some real awkward silence when nobody wants to stand up. Ask Patricia. I did it one Sunday morning and said, who's got a testimony? Nobody said anything. I just sit there. Finally, Sister Mary Franks, I got one. She always gives one. But folks, we ought to be thankful for what God has. So in closing, real quick. These things touched you today. Some of these things are happening in your life and you're not totally committed like you do. I'll give you, I'll give you an opportunity this morning. If you just want to come down and pray this morning, nobody will touch you. Nobody will bother you. Just come around on this side and pray. Just pray. Whatever's going on, nobody will bother you. Okay? This side, if you have things going on in your life, or if Jesus is speaking to you today and he says, hey, i got a plan for you. You need to move forward. You don't know what it is. You're scared about it. Come here. I'll pray with you. That's simple. Either way, it's a good thing, right? 
Join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this beautiful church and the beautiful people in it. And God, thank you for speaking to my heart about these things. God, this message was not put together because I thought everybody else needed to hear it. God, I need to hear this. God, I asked you before the service to speak to me and through me. And God, I pray that God, through this all, that whatever the things are that's impeding me from following you and totally committing, that God, you erase it from me. Take it, God, and throw it away. God, have me focus on you. God, I pray if there are those here today, God, that need prayer, want to pray, that God, we open up the floodgates of that today. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit is permeating throughout this audience today, God, that in such a way, that God, we have a smile on our face because the joy and the peace that you promised is upon us. God, we love you and give you all the glory today in your precious and holy name. Amen. Please come forward if you need to come forward. Won't you stand forward as we take time to be holy?
Let's do the same verse, please. Take time to be holy. Speak not as Thank you for that message that you brought to us for commitment because that's what it's about. It's where our commitment is. It's going to what we're going to end up. So thank you. God put that on your heart to bring that to us this morning. Thank each one of you been here this morning. I did have a couple of prayer requests I forgot. Just remember Brother Ray, I think he's sort of been under the weather this week. Be with him. I talked to Brother Lowry this morning and he has fallen again, but he hadn't broke anything. But just remember him uh, as you go this week. And also remember uh, Angel, that Alfred we're going to take up for the little boy to send the money to him. Thank you for each of you being here. And thank you again for being here with us and for bringing what God put on your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for the love that you have for us, Lord. We thank you for always being for us, wanting the best for us, Lord. And just help each of us to make that commitment, to make that daily commitment, hourly and by the minute to you, Lord, to do what you have for us to do, to live the life that you have for us, Lord. And thank you for each one that's here this morning. And we just ask you to go with us. Help us to share your love as we leave this place. We ask this in your name. Amen.